candidate survey on executive power conducted by reporter Charlie Savage, Senator Obama stated plainly, The president does not have the power under the Constitution to unilaterally authorize a military attack in a situation that does not involve stopping an actual or imminent threat to the nation. As Obama gained on Clinton in the following months, she was reduced to carping. I have a lifetime of experience that I will bring to the White House. Senator Obama has a speech he gave in 2002. And yet, that speech turned out to be instrumental to Obama's winning the nomination, and thus, the presidency. Obama's unlikely ascendancy culminated at Chicago's Grant Park on election night 2008. The Nationals' half-awake-in-a-fake empire, the campaign's semi-official hipster anthem, thrummed out over an ecstatic crowd of 125,000 as the president-elect prepared to take the stage. If there is anyone out there who still doubts that America is a place where all things are possible, who still wonders if the dream of our founders is alive in our time, tonight is your answer, Obama proclaimed. Change has come to America. Shut the fuck up, Obama reportedly exclaimed on the early morning of October 9, 2009, when press secretary Robert Gibbs woke him with the news he'd won the Nobel Peace Prize. In retrospect, it might have spared everyone a lot of embarrassment had Obama pulled a Bob Dylan and gone AWOL on the committee. A week before the announcement, after all, Obama had ordered 30,000 additional troops to Afghanistan, and by the time he hit the podium at Oslo to acknowledge the considerable controversy the award had caused, he'd already launched more drone strikes than George W. Bush managed in his two full terms. In the years to come, the U.S. military's operational tempo would grow steadily more frantic as Obama surged troop levels to 100,000 in Afghanistan, launched two undeclared wars, deployed U.S. special forces to 85 countries around the globe, and tallied 10 times as many drone attacks as his predecessor. Over Labor Day weekend this year, while Americans stocked up on Bud Limes and burger rolls, their government launched nearly 70 airstrikes across six countries, Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, Yemen, Somalia, and Libya. As the end of Obama's tenure approached, the New York Times noted he was poised to become the first two-term president to have presided over a nation at war for every day of his presidency. One fears he won't be the last. Having knocked flat the remaining legal restrictions on presidential war-making, Obama has cleared the way for all the dumb, rash wars future presidents might choose to wage. Less than a year after his Nobel speech, Obama launched his first war of choice against the Muammar Gaddafi regime in Libya. To wage it, Obama advanced the extraordinary argument that seven months of regime change bombing was neither a war for constitutional purposes, nor did it even rise to the level of hostilities. The Libyan war, or kinetic military action in the administration's preferred euphemism, would last days, not weeks, Obama assured Congress. But as weeks turned into months, it became obvious that America's North Atlantic Treaty Organization allies couldn't finish the job without U.S. air power. The Pentagon's top lawyer, the Attorney General, and the Office of Legal Counsel all told the president they saw no way around the looming deadline under the War Powers Resolution, WPR, which requires the president to terminate U.S. engagement in hostilities after 60 days in the absence of congressional authorization. So the president went to the State Department's top lawyer, who came up with the legal cover he wanted. In a report to Congress submitted 90 days after the war began, Obama asserted that since U.S. airstrikes didn't involve the presence of U.S. ground troops, U.S. casualties, or a serious threat thereof, the WPR's limits didn't apply. 
In plainer language, if you're bombing a country that can't hit you back, you're not engaged in hostilities. It's a bizarre doctrine for a putatively humanitarian internationalist president to advance. It's not a war if you're only killing foreigners. But as U.S. remote warfare capabilities increase, the precedent Obama set will prove useful to future presidents of any stripe. So too will Obama's extra-legal expansion of the 2001 Authorization for the Use of Military Force, a UMF, passed three days after 9-11 and aimed at al-Qaeda and the Taliban. In the drone campaign and the war with ISIS, Obama completed a process begun in the Bush administration, the transformation of the 2001 AUMF into a blank check for globe-spanning presidential war. By the spring of 2013, senior Obama administration officials were telling the Washington Post they were becoming increasingly concerned that the law is being stretched to its legal breaking point. That was before the administration stretched it still further to provide legal cover for the war against ISIS that Obama